is a wonderful beginning of a dialogue, hopefully, with the community and with the research community as well around the Sidewalk Toronto project. We're very excited at Waterfront Toronto to now be able to come out and talk a little bit more about this project um, as the, the veil of procurement has been lifted and all of that good stuff as well. We unfortunately have a bit of a, a running out as well that's going to happen because we're at Executive Committee of Council as well today going through the report to the City Council uh, on the project as well. So I just wanted to set some context as the rest of the conversations move forward about the project just in terms of how we got here and why Waterfront Toronto perhaps took a little bit of a different approach to engaging a partner than what you might be familiar with in the past with some of the things that we've done. Um, as many of you are probably aware, Waterfront Toronto is a tri-government agency. We were founded by the feds, the province, and the city of Toronto back in the early 2000s as a result of uh, the urge to revitalize the waterfront after the city of Toronto had applied for the Olympics. And we have continued to uh, work with our three levels of government on that revitalization initiative. Many of the work that you've seen has been a lot of the public realm efforts and of course the burgeoning East Bay Front and West Dawnlands where the Pan Am Athletes Village has been. And then uh, a month before we actually announced the sidewalk project, we announced another major initiative with Waterfront Toronto, which is the flood protection of the Portlands area as well, which was an additional $1.25 billion investment from our three government partners as well. So we have two very exciting projects happening here within the waterfront. So when we talk about the sidewalk Toronto project, the initial baseline to set is where is this project actually going to be taking place? And the starting point is something we call Keyside which is a 12-acre parcel of land that's in the East Bay Front. So this is Queen's Key and Parliament Street. And this is land that is actually mostly owned by Waterfront Toronto with a small sliver of land that is owned by the City of Toronto that will happen when we realign Queen's Key. Typically what we would do is just go out to the market and ask for a development partner to help us actually build a new neighborhood, if you will. Um, when our new CEO came on board, there was a decision to actually look at things a little bit differently to engage the market earlier and to engage the private sector differently about how we think about the grand urban challenges that are facing cities today. Things like affordability and inclusivity, climate change, economic development, mobility, um, and really thoughtfully think these things through with increased capacity that a government agency by itself wouldn't necessarily have all of the resources at its fingertips. So this new approach was to actually go out and look for an innovation and funding partner. This was after a year of market sounding to see what the development community was thinking, the technology community, uh, various different manufacturing type of hubs around construction methodologies and so on, and to see what was happening around the world. So we went really in-depth into studying what the best practices were globally. Um, and the RFP took approximately a year to go through all of the various different stages until the point in which we had a great response actually from global firms, national firms, and local firms to it. We did choose Sidewalk Labs as our partner. Um, and part of that was they were very direct alignment they had with these four main goals that I've alluded to before. So sustainability, resilience, and urban innovation, complete communities, economic development and prosperity, as well as this partnership and investment piece. And as many of you are aware of, there is an, an infrastructure deficit that most North American cities are facing. Governments are stressed to be able to actually cover the financial requirements for those infrastructure deficits. So how do we think differently with a partner to be able to overcome some of that as well? The thing about this project that was very exciting to me, so in the past, I was actually responsible for what we called our intelligent communities pillar at the uh, at Waterfront Toronto. So not just simply smart cities, we've never looked at it as a smart cities approach, we've always thought about it more thoughtfully about how you can use technology to build more inclusive communities. And this notion of 
creating Toronto as the urban or the global hub for urban innovation with a job creation focus on that as well was something that was very compelling. I'm actually from a, a small town, Windsor, where we've always struggled with that notion of how do you actually begin to find your place in the new economy. So this project in and of itself actually allowed sort of Toronto and Canada to create this new hub that has not yet landed anywhere in the world. So Sidewalk's journey, and I will hopefully reserve this for when they're here and able to tell their story, but they were on a very similar path in terms of finding out what their approach was going to be, and they were doing global studies. They literally, literally looked around the world to find out where they would want to do their city from the internet up, if you will. So they were created to look at how technology could solve the grand urban problems. Um, Larry Page contacted one of the founders of Alphabet, had contacted Dan Doctoroff to look at how these city challenges could actually be approached. Um, they had gone through a feasibility study process where they had looked at really three key areas within the US to see what kind of results could happen by actually thinking things through from a very systems level approach. And uh, despite all the work that they had done in the States, when we had actually talked to them, they were very compelled by the Toronto opportunity. Um, one of the things that would be very important is to actually have a government partner that can work through the thinking around different government systems in terms of you know, the regulatory frameworks and things of that nature, the approvals, and how do you actually move policy forward at the same time as you're actually developing new communities. So some of the things that they looked at, and this is very much what resonated to us, is it's not just technology for technology's sake. They're really focused on quality of life and the various different dimensions that can come to be impacted by new ways of thinking. And this is just an example of some of the things that came out of their feasibility study of targets that they saw that they could actually push on to actually make a difference. So things like lowering the cost of living by 14%. I mean, Toronto has a fundamental issue when it comes to finding affordable options for housing. Um, if there's a way of actually helping to lower the cost of construction, to lower the cost of the other factors of life, whether that be around mobility, um, reducing the cost of materials that actually go into housing, whatever those things may be that we can push harder on, making housing more affordable for all is something that was fundamental to them. Saving an hour a day, whether that be through transit or other more convenient ways of doing things was something that was also noted by them. The increase of green space, but these are not necessarily things that deal with pure efficiency. It's truly about how we have a better environment to live in. So we will unpack this in a more than 10 minute presentation. I don't think we've ever done it for less than about 90 minutes when you actually start to layer it all in. But our objectives of actually having a globally significant transformative project with those four factors built into it, building on Waterfront Toronto's success, were so closely aligned with what Sidewalk Labs was actually created to do. Um, and while we had all these great responses from all around the world, there was really only one that looked holistically at all of the systems that we were trying to impact. Um, so we're very fortunate, I think, to have Sidewalk Labs as our partner. They, of course, you know, being a sister company of Google, um, and there's a big elephant in the room every time you mention that, in terms of some of the questions that are going to be so important to start off having with conversations like this. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the ones that we've flagged. <clears throat> so overall, the response has been very positive. Uh, it's an opportunity really that's unprecedented, I think, for Toronto to be able to embrace this and to move forward. It was great to have all, you know, all three levels of government aligned around this announcement. Um, we began with a, a town hall that we were overwhelmingly 
encouraged by the response, we actually had to change venues because it filled up within, I think, 40 minutes or something remarkable like that. And then again, it filled up even when we chose a larger venue. So there's an interest in having that ongoing conversation. And this is something that Waterfront Toronto has always been passionate about, is the community engagement and community consultation component. And I don't want to take the wind out of the sails of upcoming announcements, but there are going to be, you know, our public engagement strategy will be released in very, very short term. And it'll be important that we actually begin to bridge the, build the bridges around these major topics as well. So where are we today? And I'm not going to go through all of this, but I think it's really important that fundamentally we realize how early on in the process we were. So we have the announcement, we've been briefing governments, and now we're really starting to buckle down and, and get to work and engage with the community, engage with subject matter experts to build what will be a one-year plan to go forward. So Sidewalk is investing $50 million into the project. What is the project? It is to create a master innovation and development plan. It's not to build anything yet, it's to actually determine what conditions there would be to best move forward for the benefit of Torontonians on the subject plans. So at the end of the year, what will happen is that this proposal or this, this plan will come forward to our board as well as to their board, and then we have to determine if it's a plan that is a good thing for Toronto and that our board would approve, and then we would move forward to implementation. So that $50 million is essentially to pay for consultants, Waterfront Toronto staff that's dedicated to working on this, as well as the community consultation component, and a series of early pilots to get people to understand some of the technology that is actually underlying this, and to see what would be feasible moving forward and taking this to scale. Again, a very busy slide with a lot of ideas. And if you haven't had a chance to review um, the vision document, I would encourage you to do so. There's some very aspirational and very exciting things there that were set out in a point in time in response to our RFP. These are not all the things that are going to happen, but they were thoughts that they put together that were very compelling at that point in time. But each one of these have their own interesting set of factors and realities that we have to grapple with, whether that be you know, from a very rudimentary thing of integrating with legacy systems when it comes to infrastructure. Or there's those more compelling and meaty issues about things like data privacy and how are we actually going to ensure that everyone feels like they can be included in a zone like this, that you, know, you are actually truly opting in and have a voice and can consent to being a part of that environment. And that there's a seamlessness to the rest of the city of Toronto, that there's no sort of invisible digital wall that you feel like you're walking through. Um, so it's a, a very layered and very robust proposal um, and I would encourage you, as I said, to, to go through it in great detail and be prepared to ask some questions at future sessions as well. <coughs> some important considerations that we are starting to, to work through with Sidewalk and that you're going to be hearing more about in the very near term. Um, top of our list has been, so Waterfront Toronto has always had a mandate around affordable housing and this is something that we're going to really be digging deep into with Sidewalk and building complete communities. You know, we've, we've had a passion for public realm and trying to address some of the mobility issues in the waterfront area. This is something that, you know, with Sidewalk as a partner, we can actually double down on, I think, in our, our approach to this. Sovereignty, in terms of data sovereignty and data residency, and what does that look like in this model when we're not just looking at Sidewalk's solutions, but the things that they're actually working with to grow a tech ecosystem. How does that play out? How do we ensure that, you know, data resides in Canada to ensure Canadian protections? Personal privacy, this is a, a very significant topic, and um, Lauren is here, who's a colleague of mine who works with Sidewalk, so we are just now starting to peel that back. Um, they have retained uh, Ann Kabukian from Ryerson, 
the former Ontario Privacy Commissioner, and we have Chantal Bernier, who is the former Federal Privacy Commissioner, working with us just on this particular topic alone, uh, and really digging deeply into that. Intellectual property, so ensuring that as we're working through and finding new solutions and new situations, as well as the data that's being created and gathered for this project, how do we ensure that there's an equity being created that helps to benefit the city, um, as well as the younger tech startups that are going to be a part of this, in addition to Sidewalk, and that's all part of the negotiation that is yet to be taking place. That's part of our next phase of negotiation. Um, data governance, so again, this data ownership piece, the stewardship of data, the open data question, how do we make sure that that's being done in a, a very responsible way as well. Cyber ethics, the use of technology for ethical purposes is fundamental to this project, and all of these things are you know, things that we actually have found very early common ground with Sidewalk. Um, they have a very humanistic approach to technology and a very citizen-centered approach to the solutions that we're looking at. So I think as we begin to have conversations, you'll find that they are not as far into the sort of tech-centric kind of mindset that you may think of as an alphabet company. Um, there is a genuinely eager uh, approach to working with us to think these things through. Not everything has been resolved yet. And I think that's the other thing as you look through the vision document to understand that even though it's beautiful and it seems very, very robust and very refined, it was actually just a starting point and not everything that's in there has a finite set of series of, of points of how we're going to get from point A to point B. There's a lot of opportunity for input and a lot of opportunity in terms of how we're going to work together and what the actual solutions that end up happening in that community may actually be. And cybersecurity obviously is a fundamental issue as well. So I just wanted to table some of those early thinkings of where we're at. Um, again, we are so early in this process, but this is the beginning of an important dialogue and I just wanted to come and give you a little window into the project. Marcus was kind enough to invite us to be a part of it and I look forward to hearing the other panelists. And if I do have to run, I apologize, it's just for council. Thank you. All right, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you.